pull up a bar stool. Good stuff today. I know we've been a while. Um, been a hot minute, is that what the kids say? Um, got JR back on, and so we're going to talk business. We're going to get into topics of copying and stealing and clickbait and fake news and, man, lots of stuff. But um, if, if you're not familiar with JR, I mean, he is really the reason why I'm still here uh, more than five years later since I uh, was laid off for the second time and have a successful business. Never started a business before. Uh, I've been talking to him pretty much ever since that, that day, that fateful day uh, happened. Um, if you want to set up a time with JR, and, and certainly listen to this podcast if you're not familiar with his style, and just to talk business and how maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're trying to start something yourself, he's a good place to start. If you go to johnloomer.com slash consult, you can set up a call with either JR, with me, or Andrew Foxwell, all three of us are on this podcast at some time. Um, check it out. It's a good way to wrap up 2016 and start planning for 2017. That's com slash consult. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Podcast where every once in a while, whenever we feel like it, we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Now we welcome back our man, our friend, JR, John Robinson, my backup CEO, my business manager, my shrink. How you doing, JR? I am doing very well today. Very well. Yeah, because I have a drink. Oh, no. It's sitting right in front of me. I don't believe it. I, I can't even tell you the last time you or Andrew actually brought a drink on the show. Actually, I think he Andrew did the last time, and then the, it didn't work. <laughs> so that was a wasted beer on his part. But I don't know. I, I'm still I'm still skeptical. I'm ready for you to tell me it's like a flavored water or something. What you got working? It has flavor. I don't know. But it's a cognac. Hennessy. Oh, wow. <laughs> you going all out at nine in the morning your time. <laughs> at nine in the morning. I, it's a year-end celebration. This is the last pubcast that I will be on for the year. So I'm celebrating. Yep, so it's, this is the final podcast for you and me. I, I'm actually planning on recording the final podcast of the year with Andrew on Friday as we speak. And uh, because, like I said earlier, I screwed up the last one. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I've done this. Uh, too many times. I, I have a guest on, and I screw up, and it only records one of our audios. And I feel like a complete moron. It's like a great conversation. You can't even like, and a few times I even say, okay, let's re-record. But then it's like, it's not spontaneous at all. Anyway. I'm a bit nervous that you're not recording this potential greatness Well, right I now. did test it this, this time. So unless I screwed up after the test, I think we're good. So uh, as I've mentioned in the past, I'm really running low uh, in, in my, my fridge right now. So... I'm, I've got a Kona Brewing Lemongrass Luau, which I know sounds a little girly. It's uh, 
ale brewed with natural ginger and lemongrass added. So, well, yeah, I, now I don't feel right that I'm working on this. Like this, this should be one of those weeks where I have that 12% alcohol beer since you you got a Hennessy. But I guess I guess we'll work it out. We'll work it out. So cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers. All right, so oh man, uh, on the rocks. Oh, what are you doing? At least throw man, some, that's <laughs> throw some lemongrass on that or something. But uh, so the way that we usually a- we usually do this when Jr. is on is he takes the wheel, takes control, and usually makes me feel uncomfortable. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, what you got today, Jr.? Well, the first thing that comes to mind to me is I have to throw a flag on the play. Uh-oh. And I throw a flag on your unnecessary request for Christmas presents. When you say that you have an empty fridge, ah, I, ah. Think, I think I <laughs> so think So everybody out there doesn't want my like look, it's really scary thought that one day I may record a podcast and not have any beer in my fridge. I, what would I do? I yeah, I well, I, I, like I said, I'm throwing a flag on the play. I think that is a miserable attempt. So if you need my Santa address. Claus to bring you alcohol. <laughs> Just send me an email. I don't even, does, does Santa Claus even give alcohol as a gift? I don't know. Well, I think it depends on your Santa Claus. You do realize he's yeah, not real, right? Do not say that. We have <laughs> we, we have listeners. There may be listeners out there that have children in the room. Maybe my kids are listening. Dang. You know what? They might be. So, yes, there is a Santa Claus. And I'm not sure if he delivers alcohol. Maybe in other countries, but not the U.S. Well, I mean, just imagine how much it would be shaken up if he's, if he's taking beer. Oh, yeah. You know, they're no. going, especially, you know, it's one thing with that, that landing on the roof. But then you gotta go down the chimney, dude. That's yeah, no kegs. I don't think there'd be no kegs. It'd just probably be six packs. Right. So, right. All right. So here's what I have for you. I have a few things today, and uh, keywords, because you know I like to talk in keywords, and I have a blank sheet of paper in front of me, and we just create together. It's mm. like a dance. You no, know, I like dancing. The first. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> You should like it, but you should also be good at it. And I have seen you dance. Um, I don't care good. if you think you have some breaking electric oh, boogaloo moves still yes, from yes, 1988. Break a hip. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Break a hip. But the the first the first thing comes to mind is the word copy. And the reason why is that I got copied on something that I did this week and the person requested or, or let me know like hey I like what you're doing and um, I want to do it and I feel uncomfortable doing it without getting your permission and what I do is I give 30 minute sessions to a group that I belong to to just help them think through what they're trying to put into the world, what they're trying to ship, what they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And I I donated 15 half-hour segments in September, 15 in November. And this guy wants to, his name is Troy, Troy from Australia. Troy wants to copy that. But I thought it was so cool that he asked. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, what do you think about 
copying, but I'm not going to start that question. Take that question off the board. Have you ever copied somebody's homework as a kid? Oh, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, kids, I hope my kids aren't listening. <laughs> I mean, I've done worse than that. Look, oh, man. I, not, not to make everybody like wonder about my ethics and everything else. There's, I, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I, uh, because the, the, the subject of Spanish teachers came up, and I got, my, my son's Spanish teacher is just ridiculously tough. And I had I had one of those you know my freshman year, and then I switched Spanish teachers and had one where like I just got straight A's. But one one of the uh, quarters I was just blowing it away, but I was gone and missed a test, so I had to retake it. And so I had to retake it in the hall with another girl in the class, and that's that's just you know you're expecting too much for for teenagers to not discuss the questions I think <laughs> on the test and they're out there by themselves. And so we shared answers. And the truth is it didn't help me. I was probably just helping her. And, uh, I got a zero on that test. Still got an A in the class that quarter with the zero on the test. That's, that's how little I needed to cheat. But, uh, look, I, I will, I'm not proud of some of the stuff I didn't like. I, I'll tell you all day. I was, I was a very, I was an underachieving student uh, throughout grade school and even college. So that did lead to occasional copying, unfortunately. All right, so tell me this. You you copied off of a test, so I'm assuming you copy homework and things like that. And I've got to know, why did you do it? Why, why do you believe you did it? Well, that that test again. I I think that was just a social thing because I knew the answers. I would have gotten an A on the test, so I was helping the girl for whatever reason. Uh, I think we know why. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, otherwise though, I you know there there was definitely. Um, well, first of all, you know, why would I do it? First of all, I was lazy. Um, second of all, I probably didn't study hard enough. For something I didn't do, put in, didn't put in the work, or maybe I didn't trust my own work. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, what I was guilty of often is that I like if you had someone who, like a partner or someone who, who is an overachiever who does all the work, and then you just get their answers. Unfortunately, I was one of the people who, who did that. Uh, I think it was just yeah, is uh, is work poor work ethic, uh, but I, but I think it's more than that because right because it's like it's a matter of why though why why wouldn't you just accept whatever grade you're gonna get based on what you actually know right, um, so I think that also goes down to expectations of me and what kind of grades I was I was expected to get. Um, so uh, yeah, I think there's, there's I, I love I love your answer, and I'm I'm wondering if you read my blog today because yeah. I posted a blog called "Copy Me," and that's exactly what I said. I wondered was it because you were lazy, not as talented, or was it easy to do? It was easy and, to do, absolutely. Right, right. So, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, I'm thinking, are, are you reading my blog? Because I just posted this a few minutes ago. And uh, I think that's what it is because I know when I have copied, 
it is a part of me being a bit lazy. It is a part of me feeling not as talented. And then when it's easy to do so, it's hard to say no. So it I that's one form of copying. And, and, now tell that, that, me. I think there's a there kind of like with the test example. I think there's a social element to it as well. When you're mm-hmm. a very immature kid that and there's like there's like this dare, this challenge to it that you're like, oh, you didn't do your work and you're still going to get a good grade because <laughs> you're going to copy. And but there's a social element that you, you're, you're in it together with with these other people, you know, that they're helping you today, but you'll help them some other day. God, it sounds horrible. Do you keep, it does. I was about to ask you, have you ever been in a gang? Because you sound like you were in a gang in <laughs> high school. <laughs> That's what this sounds like. Well, what's, you're what's, in a gang. I mean, what's crazy is that all this stuff I'm saying is it's complete opposite of who I am today. So let me be very clear about that. And it's like like when we talk about ethics and business and all the stuff that I hate, it's all these shortcuts. Now, that doesn't mean uh, I don't know what it means, but um, I, I guess I don't I don't mind being copied depending on what on, on how we're phrasing it um, when it comes to the business world. I, but I still don't like shortcuts, especially when people start trying to pass off things as their own business. All right. So let me let me take a step back because you, you bring up a really good point. The first thing we were talking about you copying and now we're segueing into you being copied. What do you think of you being copied? It Is it a form of flattery for you? It depends. It depends. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I, I certainly appreciate it when people reach out, like they're saying, you're saying when they reached out to you, because I don't even think that person needed to reach out at all, because that's, that's just a, a structure for how you do things. It, that's something that you probably copied in some way from someone, too. Um, it's not, you're not copying the work. No, you're I not, didn't. Oh, stop it. <laughs> yes, that, you, we take from everybody in terms of why we do something, whether you meant yeah, to it do is. it or not. And, and um, so it depends. Now, th- there have been a few times where either I'll find someone blatantly ripped off a blog post um, and I will see it. Now, like the, the, the headings are the same and like that pisses me off. Oh, but I also see when they, you could tell it, was inspi- it inspired it. Like it's very mm-hmm. similar. Like it's almost too similar. Like, were you reading it while you wrote it? Because that then that kind of ticks me off too. Um, so it all depends. Like, if something I did inspired someone to do, to think for themselves and do something in a different way they hadn't done before, I think that's great. Um, if it's kind of like what the example you gave, where it's a structure for like how they do business, I think that's great. Like, oh, you want to do a podcast because because of something I did. Maybe even you want to have beer on your pocket. I'm not going to act like this is something that no one would ever do. Um, or if you want, you know, learn from the, the, what I did in the training programs and things like that. But once you start stealing content, that kind of takes me off. Um, now, I've kind of let go of that because in, in, the, in the past, it's like, oh, how do we go get these people? Um, it's also one of those things where it's almost like um, you accept it as part of your business now that people steal and they're going to sell your stuff and try to get money for it. Um, and I just, I've stopped worrying about that. But additionally, it is kind of a sign that you must be doing something right if people are stealing from you. Yeah, I absolutely believe that there is, it is a form of flattery. 
I like your distinction of steal, copy, take, and inspire. Because those who are inspired by your work, it is kind of a form of copying. Um, those that take your work and do something with it, uh, as long as it's not stealing it and claiming it as your own. Because I think about copying and I think about cooking. And I think about, you know, when like Emerald, the guy that says bam, <laughs> when he has a cookbook, he's in essence giving you the ingredients and everything to copy how he does it. Right. And nine times out of ten, I don't think we still cook it the same way no, he does. No, of course. Well, you know, I, I do think there's kind of going back to the high school whatever example it, it does go down to a lack of confidence as well because to be very clear when i had no idea what i was doing um and i was reading a lot of stuff i should you know and following a lot of advice i shouldn't have been and i i wasn't confident in what i was doing um i think one of the things that i what i read and that i shouldn't have shouldn't have done was to learn what others were doing and, but I, maybe I took it too literally. So, for example, um, Mari Smith had a very popular how to contact Facebook article. And so I had all these different resources on how to, copy, uh, how to contact Facebook. Like, wow, if that's so popular, maybe I should do that too. So, now granted, I went through and, and found some missing, and I even said at the top of the article, this was inspired by Mari and all this stuff, but... Reality is, she did a lot of the work, um, and then I and I started, you know, did some more work and found some more some missing pieces and things like that. That's the kind of thing I wouldn't do these days, because um, because I don't I don't think it's original in any way, um, and so. But it, again, it, it's like where is your starting point? And when you have no confidence in what you're doing, and you feel like everybody else knows what you're doing, knows what they're doing, that's when you're most likely to copy or be inspired by somebody else. So to be clear, it's like there's a line in there somewhere, and I do understand it. Like you, you need a starting point. Um, just be careful not to blatantly rip anybody off. Well, I, I, there's something that's showing up as you say that. I get the starting point of copying, and one of them is I don't have the confidence or I don't have the capabilities. But I also think that we still copy when we do have confidence and we do have capabilities it's when I want to get better because I can think of an example right now that Mr. Loomer we are copying and how we copy most recently is we find amazing talent and if there's somebody doing something really great for somebody else that we know and they're a consultant and they have bandwidth, and that's what they do for a living, you end up copying that. So if there's a plumber that goes next door and does a great job, and you end up having a plumber issue and you ask the neighbor, who do you do? We, you copy that approach, and you use that same person. So I think when we think of copying, it, you also can copy by just having a curiosity to get better. Yeah. Do you agree? No, I, I do. I do. I think mm -hmm. um, it, it's also why um, I think it's so important that we have teachers. Mm -hmm. So, because there's so many people who are either just getting started, 
haven't gotten over the hump, you know, trying to figure out what it is they're, they're doing, whatever field they're in. And they're either going to copy someone, um, you know, based on being inspired or whatever with, without, someone saying this is how to do it they're just like okay i see how they're doing it and i'm gonna copy that or you are going to say this is how it's done follow Mm -hmm. these steps and to be very clear that doesn't mean that everyone should do it exactly how you do it someone who's who's done it before but there's a need for that in everything in everything because there are people who are looking to get started or looking to get over the hump and they need a starting point they desperately need it so I mean, I think back, man, it's close to five years ago, four and a half years ago, I think when I first started my podcast, I never would have started a podcast except that Marcus Sheridan put together this ex- description of how he did it for basically nothing. And it was really primitive. Um, and I'm sure he's way more advanced in what he's doing now. But it was like, then it all of a sudden gave me the confidence that I could do it too. So granted, that was my mm-hmm. starting point something that was really, really primitive, and I've upgraded beyond that. And so there's just there's a need for that in so many different things. I don't even think I answered I, your I question, like, but I, was, I just kind of went off topic. Well, no, but, but you did, and I, I like your philosophy on copying because I think it is appropriate in stages of your business. I think in the beginning, if you don't have the confidence, you don't feel like you have the capabilities, you look around, you become resourceful, and you figure out, you know, how can I – how can I get this off the ground? Who is getting it off the ground? And you copy a bit. I think as an everyday practice, no. Because you don't end up standing out exactly. if you're copying everybody. Right, right. Yep. Because that's, that's one of the things that's annoying in this space of marketing. When I subscribe to lots of blogs, and I do it just so I can see what the universe looks like. I skim even less than I subscribe to, and I read way less than I subscribe to or I skim. And a lot of it is because there's copying that's rampant. The subject lines all look the same. Hate them. Hate them. Um, And not, not to sound like a grumpy old man, but I tell you, my favorite blogs and articles these days, this is... It, this is this is this is carrying on into this whole controversy of fake news um, with politics. Just give me something that's factual. So I love, for example, fi- official Facebook blogs. So coming from Facebook about, hey, this is what we launched. This is what it is. I mean, there's like they don't have crazy t- uh, subject or uh, titles or anything like that. Um, it's just, this is what happened. Um, and that's why I'm also like trying to follow very factual, unbiased news in the same way. Like I'm, I, I don't know if you call it information overload or information, like I'm just, it's depressing. Like I, I can't even stand my feed anymore with all these tired clickbaity headlines in all forms. And what's, I think what's depressing for me is when it's from respected media. So whether that's politics or whether it's uh, marketing, and it's it's all over mar- marketing. It's awful. It's really awful. Uh, so when it comes down to what I read, I read 
official Facebook blogs. I think TechCrunch has done a good job of, for the most part, being just informational. Um, I think that's also why I kind of write the way I do, too. Like, I, people don't need all that crap. Just teach them. Well, and, and I just attended a talk on fake news, and there was a person in one of my social networks that is fed up with how fake news inspired some of the votes for the recent presidential election. And when you talk to some people who've voted for a particular way, and let's say, as an example, let's say Trump, and let's say, to, for to example, to be clear, and I, I don't want to necessarily suggest that it's a, it's equal on both sides, but I think we we can easily fall into our echo chambers. Like, um, I, I've noticed recently, there's one person in particular who's in my Facebook news feed who likes and shares constantly all these Democratic uh, sources as well that I've never heard of before that are all the same type of crazy headlines. Um, so I think it goes both ways. Um, there may be some false equivalents in that, but uh, it, there's definitely guilt on both both ends, though. All right, let me finish my story. You have a drink while I finish my story. It's almost gone already. I might need a second beer. <laughs> so, so I so I'm listening to this talk on fake news because I was frustrated uh, from an experience that I had on Thanksgiving where a particular person at the table said that they voted for Trump and they said it was because Hillary was a crook. And I said, what's the source for that? And the source was a fake news source, which I knew. And it caused me to be at the dinner table. I was quite calm. and But it caused me to think about it days later and other people had similar experiences, so we end up having this talk about fake news. And the guy who's an expert in fake news or expert in the media described fake news. And he described this idea of education versus entertainment. And a lot of the fake news that's being created is tra- with the intention is traffic building. Oh, yeah. It, it is absolutely traffic building because a couple of the stories that have gone very viral they had to interview the source and they the source said in two separate occasions two separate sources said i just did it to attract traffic and in that i stated that it was fake news because i had all the traffic and i didn't realize how much traffic i was getting but no matter what the fake news part of what he stated never got through it was all about the entertainment well, headline. I mean, look, if you'd be crazy to make it clear that it's fake news, because if, if you make it clear it's fake news, it's not going to get spread. So they bury it, you know. Um, well, I, I just saw some fake news last night that I had to research because that's another thing about fake news. It's what do you do with it? Do you research it more? Do you, or you just take the headline and share it with 20 different people or hundreds of people, which I see happening all the time. Well, someone shared this, that President Obama is forgiving all student loan debt. Oh, actually, I saw, I've, I've seen that ad in my, my newsfeed many times. Right. I saw, well, I saw the ad, I saw that ad too. And, um, and I even clicked on the ad on why I was seeing it, and I even sent you the description, and it was because they think I'm an African-American, and that's why I got 
that ad sent to me, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I don't understand all that Facebook targeting. You're the, you're the go-to on that. But end of the day, I just had to be curious about the why, what the source was. And as I dug into it, yeah, it's, that's not the truth. President Obama is not forgiving all student loans. There are certain situations, but not all student loans. But that headline, you could absolutely think it was education, and all it is is entertainment. Yeah, we, we all need a healthy dose of skepticism. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are motivated by, you know, this sounds like something that I would love to be true. And even if a piece of them says it's probably not true, that doesn't matter. They want it to be true so bad. Um, and really, yeah. not, not to get political, um, this, this, this goes, but we have to understand, and again, think about why this kind of stuff would be shared. Um, not just for, for political gain, but as you said, there are some people who are writing stuff that was completely opposite of what they believed and voted in the way they voted. But they made they did it to make money. <laughs> they did it to make money. So whether it's politics or it's marketing, when you see these crazy headlines, it's there's w- one reason for that. That's to get you get you to click. Um, but here's the problem that I think is the separation between the political stuff and the marketing is that. The, the, and the political side, you know, a lot of these people make money just from the traffic, right? Just from the traffic. It doesn't matter if they're there for three seconds, they realize it's fake. Um, they know also that the passion behind it, people are going to share it and you're going to make lots and lots of money. On the marketing side, this is where people make a huge mistake. So you're, you're, you make some big claim, clickbaity headline, get traffic, but it's crappy traffic. It's not high quality traffic. So unless you're, you get paid just by traffic alone, which I think most of us don't, we hope people sign up for our newsletter or, or buy something from us, then it's misleading. Then you're doing this. That's, that's why I, I, I rail on this constantly. Like everybody's worried about what's my reach? How, what, how many clicks do I get? Who cares? It's quality. Quality over quantity, but it's it's when people, it when they create those clickbaity headlines, if they're overvaluing one metric, that click over the action that's taken once they're actually on your site. Guess what? If you create clickbaity headlines, I have a sneaky sneaky suspicion that the quality of traffic to your site is not what you want. The people who visit are less likely to actually buy something from you than if you are very educational and maybe even boring in that headline. Boring is kind of in the eye of the beholder, though. If you're giving them what they want, like this is an education of a how-to to do something very specific they want to do, when they visit, they're probably going to perform an action that you really want them to perform. So it's something that really it, it ticks me off, whether it's politics or whether it's marketing. And I, don't, I do not open those links anymore. Um, from whether, no matter what kind of link it is, but when I'm talking about marketing, like I don't, I don't read those. I don't share those anymore because I just, I think it's a waste of time. I, I think pe- I, it's, it's, it's a bad message to send that this is how we should be creating our headlines. Got it. 
All right, so to close out the topic of copying, you're a baseball coach. When does copying show up for you when you're teaching your players? You tell them to copy? Oh, yeah. Tell, tell me. So um, for playing against a, a team that's awesome, very talented, they know how to play, they know what they're doing. I, I actually asked them, we, we, had, we had this exercise, um, our first practice this uh, uh, month or two ago. And like visualize the best team in our age group. You don't, it doesn't have to be, I know who this is or whatever. Just visualize how they play. What is it that they do? How do they prepare? How do they carry themselves? Um, and so those are things that we can learn from and that we, sh- we should copy. So same, same way for me, too, as a coach. I mean, what are the strategies that these coaches use that, are, that help them be successful? What are the things that we can learn from? There's a time this last season where first and third situation is always very uh, difficult uh, for kids at this age because usually what happens is the kid at first is going to try to steal second, and if you throw down to try to throw him out, the kid from third is probably going to try to score. So how do you manage that situation? And we played a team that was better than us, that had a great solution for it, a great strategy where it looked like he was going to pitch throw home, but instead he throws a third on a pickoff move. Guess what? That guy goes from first to second. They throw to second, get him out. The guy at third stays there because of the throw to third. So I don't mean to get into baseball strategy. You're like, wow, that was eye-opening. So absolutely, guess what? We started <laughs> implementing that strategy over and over throughout the year. All right, I have to say this because it's – I can't ignore this. So are you telling me that the more strategies that you learn from other coaches about the situations on how they handle situations and how their players handle situations, the better you could coach? Yeah. I mean, it's all about experience. So that's why you need, you need to play, play against the best teams. So maybe get your, your butt kicked a little bit. Um, but to see how they carry themselves and, and the strategies, like what made them great in the first place. So this Hennessy's kicking in because I absolutely sat there and thought, what if you created a game for coaches around the world that would you could collect the information on how they would call situations? Hmm. Like literally that third base situation you just said. Well, if you got a thousand coaches to share how they would do it, just to see, I think that would be amazing to collect all these different scenarios. And they probably already do that in Major League Baseball right right now. Right. Huh. Hmm. All right. So copying, because you know, John, you you can tell. I'm trying to get us a new new business idea to, uh, to launch into the world and being in baseball because we mm. still don't really have one yet. Mm. So, uh, all right. So end of the year reflections. Oh, what are some of the reflections? What, what are some of the narratives that you were telling yourself at the beginning of the year? Some of the, the inner voice, uh, maybe the inner voice was I can't run 500 miles this year or 400. <laughs> 400. I still have it, but I, I ran my, <laughs> I ran my 366 at least. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I am so, definitely, I'm definitely in lazy copy copy my neighbor mode right now with running because uh, I I was way ahead of schedule just to get 400. Now it's, there's snow on the ground. Like oh, that just changes everything. It's so freaking cold. I bet it does. But yeah, so sum up the year. Anything that you're surprised about uh, in yourself and the business and the. I know we're surprised about two things. Well, one thing, uh, the new president, and I was going to say the second one, which is the Cubs winning, but that's no surprise. No one cares about the Cubs. That was expected. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and uh, it happened. So I'm not surprised by that. But any surprises this year? Anything that comes to mind? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, I know so much about surprises. I just think, um, you know, summarizing this year business-wise is – it was the best year I've had financially for the business. Um, it's it's still kind of a bounce, you know, because uh, baseball is busier for me, I think, every year now. But I think we're kind of we're working out that balance better than we have in the past. Um, we're creating more. We've, we decided to experiment a little bit with these free webinars and the training programs, and that seems to have, have been effective. Um, I think uh, a monster hurdle for me is avoiding getting bored. So it's been over five years now that I've been doing this. So um, I don't know if you call it a surprise or something. I just I didn't, I didn't know. I, I wasn't fully expecting it. Um, you know, running into that 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 milestone, and then kind of here, here's kind of an example of that. So Thanksgiving comes around, and you're like, oh, how should I handle Thanksgiving? Should I write a blog post thanking people? Well, like, I didn't. Um, now, one reason I didn't is I looked past, like, geez, I've done this three, four times already. <laughs> like, I've written this blog post already, and so that that that's one of the the obstacles you run into of a mature business where you've gone through this cycle already five times. And it's like, well, I don't want to keep writing the same thing every single year. Um, I don't want to do this, do everything the same way I've done it every year. So I, I think that might be the biggest surprise is like, it, it becomes more and more of a challenge to be creative. Um, Cause it, in the beginning it's, Oh man, you're just creating. Whether okay, maybe you're copying in the very, very beginning, um, a little bit. You're being inspired by other people. You you don't have confidence. You don't know what you're doing. But you get into this great zone eventually. I hope, and I mean at least I did, where it's like everything is new. It's the first time you've ever done this, and it's awesome. Like it's awesome in that maybe it didn't work the way you wanted it to, whatever. But you did it. And it feels great. Um, then you get into this kind of rut where it's like, I've done all this stuff before. <laughs> now what? So I think that's one of the biggest challenges of, of 2016. Well, I, I am here, as always, to call out some of the blind spots and fact check you. There is one that I have to say that you missed. And there's a baseball team that did not exist a year ago that existed this year, correct? Say that again? Your your baseball team, the what the Spiders. Yeah. The Spiders 
Wait, is this first year or second year? I mean, it was the first season, but they were started right. uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, so I meant the first season. Yeah. So I meant, like, end of the day, at January 1st this year, the spiders didn't exist. And, I mean, truly, a season didn't exist. Right, right. So that that's something to reflect on is that, you know, did you copy? Were you inspired by a team somewhere else to create the spiders? Sure, probably. But I think to tie up the topic of copying, if you copy and create something that, that is new to the world, meaning a new version of it, a spider's version, then the copying is worth it. So I think that that's something that you definitely should be proud of. And there's kids that are playing in games that would not have been played in with a spider's uniform if you don't have the courage to to copy and commit to a better version of it. So, yeah. you know, I, and I think kind of along those lines is, you know, the initial inspiration behind the team or the initial inspiration behind the business and, and some of the early um, directions of the business, you know, maybe we're from other people. But I got to tell you, the most fulfilling moments are when you really dig dig deep and create what feels like something completely new. Now, I, I think that you can make the argument that nothing is completely new, but that's it, that's when it feels especially good. And that's why I think why it's more of a challenge at five years in, because you've done a lot of cre- five years of creating. But um, I think kind of the way to cap this all off is, you know, get started. Find, find someone who's done it the way you want to do it and learn from what they've done and the successes, the failures, whatever, um, as an initial direction. But you want eventually somebody to copy you. Um, in order for them to want to do that, you've got to do something original and different that no one's done um, before or very few have done before. I, I'll drink to that. My, my last gasoline, I mean Hennessy. Eh. Well, I've been done with my lemongrass luau for probably 10 minutes here. But um, before we get going, where can people find you, JR? Uh, as I'm clearing my throat from that chug. Did of, you finish it? Yeah, I just finished oh, yeah. it. <laughs> so they can find me on Twitter at Backup CEO. And they can find me online, BackupCEO.com. And by the way, if you want to set up a one-on-one consultation with either me or JR or Andrew, you can do that by going to johnloomer.com slash consult. And uh, just know that if you're going to set one up with JR, you're not going to be talking about Facebook ads. You're going to be talking about business. That's why we don't talk about Facebook ads. Anymore. I love that you said that because, yeah, it's end of year. And if you're trying to think a bit clearer on the direction you want to head for 2017, I'm your guy. He is. He is. So that's again, johnlumer.com slash consult. Thank you again, JR. Thanks for everything. See you again in January. Merry New Year. Whatever you just said. All right, everybody. Until next time, do awesome things.